And welcome to Tabletop Radio Hour, your podcast for everything tabletop. My name is Zach, and this week I have my co-host Steve. Steve, how are you today? Not half bad, thank you. Good, good. Great to hear. Great to have you. Uh, Mark, this week is is out on another excursion. Um, I think he went went World deeper trotting. into the deeper into the crypt to go and find uh, find the the head of Walt Disney. I told him not to go. Yeah, it's the cryogenically frozen um, uh, the vaults beneath the uh beneath the park and uh yeah. i told him not to go i told him no one's ever come back but you know hey he's he's got that uh you know he's got that he had that gleam in his eye and i know he couldn't stop him so i know when a, when a man's behind a plan i mean you you can't stop him really mm-hmm. exactly <laughs> but uh but yeah this week it'll just be uh steve and myself um and really isn't that enough it's that's that's enough for, for now, at least. <laughs> um, but yeah, we've we've got a couple different things to talk about. Um, we have uh, the the recently finished E three that that we both want to speak about. Oh yes, um, so much to talk about. And then, of course, uh, at the end, we have a smaller topic that we want to talk about. But like we always do, we want to start out with our segment, Wish of the Week. In Wish of the Week, we talk about anything we are excited for, from movies to video games to RPGs. Steve? Well, uh, tying into our, our, our what I saw at E3 this uh, this come <laughs> up, I think, honestly, like what's got me the most excited, like from an RPG perspective from E3, is uh, Cyberpunk. Uh, that looks yeah. amazing. Like, And I, I kind of knew it would be. These are the guys that uh, uh, CD Projekt Red, whatever, they, uh, uh, they're yeah. the guys that made Witcher 3. And um, they've got a, a great history of just making phenomenal single-player RPGs, and they are not deviating from this. Like my biggest fear was they were going to be like, "Oh, and we're making the whole thing like a social RPG that's based on microtransactions." And they didn't. They're like, "No, no, this is this is going to be. If you like Witcher, we're doing everything we did right in Witcher, and we're taking that into Cyberpunk." And how do you not get excited about that? Like. Exactly. Oh, oh my God. I want to make myself like a crazy chromed up Decker. And I'm just going to like, <laughs> this is going to be shadow bunt run without the annoying orcs. Oh, so good. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be great. I'm, I'm very excited for it. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the thing with, with, uh, you know, games and doing, you know, the, the kind of pay to play, pay to win kind of thing, um, you know, with microtransactions and, and all these, all these minor stuff, you know, mm-hmm. that, that aren't necessary. I think EA had kind of set the bar for what people don't want. Yeah. Yeah. With, with uh battle battlefront two. Mm, well, and at this point with nearly everything they release, but yeah, battlefront two is, is definitely a strong example of like how to take, you know, how to turn an audience against your franchise. Yeah. And I think, I think a lot of game developers and, and companies, saw that and mm-hmm. saw all the negative percussions that they took 
you know, and, and I think they're, they're straying away from it because, um, battlefield five that they're going to come out with here in the next foreseeable future. Yeah. Um, they announced that they are taking away microtransactions. They're taking away pay to win. They're, they're taking away all of that and making it free. Oh, wow. Which is great. You know, it, it's, it's awesome to see a company actually listen to the people that are buying their game because that's, that's what matters at the end of the day. Yeah. If the people that are buying your game don't like the game or don't like how you run your company, you're not going to be a company for long. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I could see how it was, it, it blew up in their face over the star Wars thing because they also had Disney breathing down their, like breathing down their neck and like EA can usually muscle its way into getting whatever it wants because they're, you know, one of the biggest developers out there. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's, they were in the kind of uncomfortable situation of, of, of suddenly having an even bigger company looking over their shoulder going, what are you doing to our IP right before our movie yeah. launches? Like, I exactly. Think that's the only thing that kind of like, that's the only thing that like would even work as a check and balance for them. Um, and, and yeah, I think at this point they're going to do, um, uh, they're going to test the waters in the other direction again. Uh, maybe try to, to recapture some of that, that, that lost faith. Although I would be very surprised. Like EA is never going to give up on microtransactions. So even though on this one, they said, yeah, we're, we're making it all free. We're making it all single player. I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. I don't trust them enough at this point. Like they're making way too much money on, on selling loot boxes and everything else they do um, to say, okay, you got, you, you guys were right. And that's why I think that, that um, uh, uh, CG product, uh, CD product is, is, is kind of the, the antidote for that is because they're at the point now where they're like, you know, we made sufficient money to keep making games the way we want. And mm -hmm. that's what I love. Like, <laughs> you know, it's not like, like I'm, I'm right. sure somewhere there was like, you know what? We could be making like boatloads more cash if we like, you know, if we went the microtrans route with this, but they're like, yeah, but I wouldn't want to play that game. So let's not do it. So yeah. Dude, oh my God. Beautiful. Love you guys. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Uh, anything else that, that you're excited for? Um, we can get into it with D3 stuff later, but yeah, that's, cool. that's the main thing. Yep. Absolutely. Um, this week for me, it is um, a, I, a game I picked up not that long ago. I went into my local game store just because I wasn't doing anything better. And uh, I went and looked around a little bit. Um, oh, I was surprised to see that they had um, the Seventh Sea New World books. Really? Oh, cool. Yeah, it's it's had, great to see them getting more distribution. For a while, it was, you know, like they were completely nowhere to be found. And now mm -hmm. I'm starting to see them more and more when I go into game stores. So, you know. Exactly. But yeah, didn't pick that up. I already already have it. <laughs> but um, <laughs> um, yeah, I went and looked around the games and uh, the, the, the role-playing games there. Just because I always like, I like um, seeing these kind of smaller, odd projects from, from smaller companies. Mm-hmm. Um, but I hadn't seen anything that, that really, uh, tipped my fancy, uh, you know, and then I, then I went and perused their very, very large board game section. Okay. They have anything from star Wars to <laughs> more star Wars at this more point, star Wars, <laughs> more star Wars, uh, <laughs> and Catan <laughs> and, and Catan, like 80 different versions of Catan. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, I was looking through and I had seen um, the Edge of Empire stuff. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, this is kind of role play heavy and it's in the board game section. So I took so I took a little wider look at the, the board game section and I had found this small book. 
It's not not all that large, a couple hundred pages maybe. And uh, it looked interesting. It is a role-playing game about telling stories, drinking adult beverages, and uh, and having fun. It is called The Extraordinary Adventures of Baron Munchausen. That sounds pretty extraordinary. Very extraordinary. But yeah, it's it's all about um, kind of who can tell the best story. Okay. Really. It's it's uh you know, it's a diceless system. It it really doesn't use many resources. You know, it's kind of like um like a, a wagers and, and bluffing game. Okay. Sort mm-hmm. of. Gotcha. So essentially, you know, the amount of people you have, you know, for the session, um you get that amount of tokens or coins, how they say it. Okay. Um and it's kind of like pushing your luck and like calling someone's bluff and, and stuff like that. So um, it's kind of about telling a story and then the other people who are listening to the story, they can, you know, put a wager out there and add kind of like a, a curveball, either, you know, testing that person's memory, quote unquote, mm-hmm. or, um, you know, changing the story up slightly. So, you know, it's, it's kind of a, a game about a little bit of improv, a little bit of, um, you know, quick reaction time on the spot, stuff okay. like that. And of course it's all fueled by, uh, you know, sitting around, uh, you know, drinking with your buddies and, and having a good time. That's perfect. Like really, what more could you ask for? Right? Exactly. Exactly. And, and, um, the person that tells the best story, you know, so this it's, you know, it, it can be a game that, Everybody tells one story. Everybody tells 20 stories. Mm-hmm. You know, it just, it goes as long as you want it to. Okay. Um, and, you know, the person that tells the the best story, you know, in the round um, buys drinks for the other people. <laughs> Perfect. And, uh, and the night goes on, you know, so it's, it's definitely an interesting game. I like but Yeah. It. I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I've just read, read through a little bit of it. Um, obviously it's a, it's a very detailed book. If I know that much from reading a little bit. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's a very interesting game and the, the writing style is hilarious. Oh, too like, cool. Yeah. It like, if, if you read it, this it's like, it's written like a person, this Baron, mm-hmm. you know, uh, telling, telling somebody, you know, the stories and it's, it's, it's great. It's absolutely amazing. Um, it suggests, uh, three or more players. Okay, that makes sense, right? You need to have and at it, least, yeah. At least three. You know, at least so people can, you know, tell some good stories. Yeah. And it's it suggests that if you have more than 20 players, you all should put your money together, hire some mercenaries, and uh, go and try and invade Belgium. <laughs> so uh, I guess that's another side of the game if you want to do that. That's the Invasion of Belgium minigame expansion. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Oh my god! Yeah, it it looks like a very interesting game. It is a laugh. I when when I had gotten it, I I sat down at home, I started reading, and by page three, I, I was cracking up laughing. Oh wow! It was it's it's one of those kinds of books. Well, it sounds like the sort of game that would be better for somebody with GM experience, but at the same time, maybe that's the sort of game you could use to give someone GM experience. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you had a bunch of people who weren't really familiar with running games get them on this so that you could get everyone more used to actually telling stories like, you know, improv, creative, uh, GMing. 
Right. No, definitely. It's, it's one of those tools that'll help people with their improv skills and with their quick reaction times, mm-hmm. you know, just because, you know, Hey, you're sitting around a table, you're telling stories. What do you think you're doing in a traditional RPG? Yeah. That's what you're doing as the GM, you know, as the GM, as the players, you know, whatever, whatever the situation is, but, but yeah, definitely it's, it's a, it's a great tool and it's, you know, it's an excuse to, to drink booze and, and have fun telling bullshit stories. So, well, sounds good. Maybe we could, uh, maybe you can do, um, uh, a one-off on it sometime. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Um, if we don't have anything else, I think that'll be it for this segment of wish of the week. Now on to the main topics. Um, yeah, like I said earlier, we are going to start out by talking a little bit about E3 this year. Um, we had an E3 episode about probably about a year ago, honestly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah, I guess that when, makes sense. <laughs> when E3 happened last time. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, let's let's uh, let's just jump into um, into you know into E3 this year. Um, it, it was, it was really full of a lot of big name games. Yep. Um, definitely, you know, sequels to games that, that we know and love such as, uh, you know, Mario party and, um, the new smash brothers. Yep. Smash um, kind stuff of like, like stole the show on the Nintendo side of things. Oh and, my God. Not a new, not a lot of new IPs coming from Nintendo, although that's kind of to be expected. Like, I think they haven't really like announce anything really really new since splatoon um but yeah the um uh, mm-hmm. smash dude like what else do they need like they just start throwing they characters really up don't. There and people lose their minds so yeah hey, and and home. in this game they have like i think their tagline is everyone is here mm-hmm. literally everyone yeah they got all the characters from the old games snakes back like how they do snakes that back. how do they do that i thought Konami I was know. just like shoveling dirt on that franchise but i guess how they do it is they say hey you guys want to make some money like you know exactly <laughs> do you like cash yeah so yeah 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 definitely and um Oh, so great. You if, know, you, the, if you took a all the lineup, Fire Emblem people are still there, you know. Yes, um, seriously. Roy Marth. Well, if you took like a snapshot of the character roster on Smash and showed it to me 10 years ago, I would be like, wow, they're doing amazing things with Photoshop in the future. Like, <laughs> I, I would not have believed it. Like, you've got Cloud and Ryu and Sonic and like so many Bayonetta, like so many different franchises from all over the place are now in Smash. Mm-hmm. And it's like, how, what, who, why? But you know, I think at this point, like they've got that critical mass. And at this point they're like, you know, if you have a hot up and coming franchise, it's even vaguely combat related, you know, yeah. Nintendo's going to be like, so want to be in smash, you know? <laughs> so, oh, ab- absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Too cool. Um, and yeah, yeah they're, smash they're, kind of owns, um, um, uh, Evo every year. Like, you know, there's like the actual, like fighting game fans are coalescing around it. Like, you know, so as long as they don't completely right. hose it, it's it's going to be pretty amazing, I think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, the 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 big mains for uh, for Nintendo are, are definitely you know Sp- Smash, and then they've got Super Mario Party coming as well, mm-hmm. which what? is really interesting. Um, you know, because we haven't had a Mario Party since the last one, GameCube. No, no, we had one on um, uh, Wii U. 
Was there one? Was there yeah, one on we Wii had U? well, we had uh, one on one on Wii and one on Wii U, I believe. Um, did we? Maybe we didn't have one on Wii U. No, no, we did. We did. They've had one every iteration, at least one every iteration, and I think they're up to like what ten now, eleven. Um, let's see. Uh, the Wii U was ten. Ten. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds right. And so, yeah, this would be this would be uh, Mario Party 11. And you know, they're always a great time. They do a good job with it. So, I mean, you mm-hmm. can't you can accuse them of going to the well. But honestly, <laughs> it's I mean, it's a it's a it's a fan favorite. You know, it's it a family friendly game. It gets everybody of all ages in there. Mm-hmm. And their you hardware know? is still like designed around sofa like multiplayer games like that. So exactly. it would be it would be asinine of them not to make it because mm-hmm. you know it's like I got a switch. I I want a Mario Party. Makes sense. Yeah, exactly. And mm-hmm. and if you know your neighbor across the street has a switch as well, hey, yeah. there's twice as many people. You know, exactly. And if we're and since the franchise started on the N sixty four, I mean we're we're literally talking about a new game like every three years. So I don't yep. think they're they're beating a dead horse at this point. They're just no making more fun Nintendo stuff. Like they can get away it's with it. It's not like it's not like they're constantly making reiterations of the same game yes. multiple times for a single console. Yes. Samurai Warriors you know? guys. <laughs> Looking at you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then they did Hyrule Warriors. Yeah. You know, yeah. when the you know the, the Zelda version of it. And then they they remastered it and added stuff for the Switch mm-hmm. um just recently too. Yep. That, so that just dropped. But, but yeah, uh, it's it's going to be called Super Mario Party. So they're they're I think they're dropping the number. I kind of miss the numbers. <laughs> I miss the numbers too. You know, it it's, it's always history. it's always yeah, definitely but always hey, fun. Super Mario Party is going to be amazing. You know, I'm 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 getting into actually playing my Switch now. So uh, I just fired right. up uh, Mario Odyssey, and and now that I'm spending more time with it, I'm like, wow, there really is potential with this hardware. I love the whole you know like yeah. ease of 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 snap in snap out and it's portable it's a console you know it's it's exactly it's, it's too cool oh oh absolutely yeah well let's definitely see. if you want to walk through kind of like the big names there I think I, I talked about cyberpunk 2020 did you right. have any um opinions on that one um i I haven't uh really gone in depth with cyberpunk quite yet um I still have research to do of course okay well um because it's only been a, a week since e3's been done maybe if that the long and short of it is imagine if deus ex didn't suck and that's oh what, yes please yeah. thank you and 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 because and, and i tried deus ex machina mm-hmm. and i was like what what is this game what <laughs> why <laughs> well and, and maybe i'm maybe i'm, I'm i don't want to come off because I, I just said deus ex sucks but it really doesn't like i love the franchise but it's always like it's always been held back like you know it's, yeah. it's just like you know it's it's either too small or in too close or you know uh it, i think the original ones were phenomenal but always like you know kind of gated by technology of the time like they were trying to do something more than than that they could technologically um and and more recently, it's it's got kind of the EA cash grab going on, where it's they've been hampered by you know kind of a loot box mentality and and mm-hmm. you know that sort of thing. But uh, like uh, if they didn't have any of that baggage, you'd end up with something like Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, which is cool. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, how do you feel about um, the new Fallout seventy six then? You know, with it still being this early. Um, it's, it's really hard to, to know, um, 
Yes, I think everyone's speculating at this point, and I feel like we're we're kind of in No Man's Sky territory before No Man's Sky actually came out, and people were like, it's going to be so great. I've got this game in my head, and it's going to be phenomenal, and it's going to be just like that. And like, mm-hmm. like, okay, so what do we actually know about it? It's mo- it's online only, right? Uh, yes. It's not going to have a single-player RPG part of it. Um, no. So- which, which might be good for the kind of game, because... Bethesda's really only done, you know, that kind of open world, single player, uh, you know, RPG kind of thing. So think Skyrim. Yeah. You know, before that, think Oblivion. And that's certainly you know, what they're Morrowind. known for. Yeah. So if uh, Fallout three and four are essentially the same game reskinned, like mm-hmm. yeah, that's fair. same with same with Skyrim. Different time period. Yeah. Same concept. It's more or less Oblivion. It's, you know, very open world and da-da-da. But yeah, yeah. And and I think, like, the only thing, if I rack my brain thinking for Bethesda doing a mobile game, the closest I can come up with is Elder Scrolls Online. Um, which, which yeah, I, I didn't right? enjoy. <laughs> I, did, I did not enjoy at all. Yeah, no, I, did, I didn't play it. So, like, I'm going to have to rely on you for, like, how that turned out. It, it was really, you know, it's, it's trying to take a MMORPG and put it into this really popular IP. Okay. So the the world of Skyrim, Morrowind, Oblivion, etc. Mm-hmm. Um around launch, around, you know, the official game launch um is when I had gotten it. I had gotten it very early on. So of course, you know, this is all sub- subject to change based on what they've changed and what they've done in the in the um the updates and everything. Right. They have been pretty aggressively pushing expansions. So I'm sure, you know, there's Quite a lot a more content there, but, but, but yeah, it was, it was very linear. It was very cookie cutter oof. in my opinion. Of course Ouch. it was, you know, it was one of those, you see everybody going to the same NPC to turn in the same quest. Ah, kind of thing. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that free MMO RPG aspect of things, um, with slightly better graphics and, what you're paying for is a backstory. Honestly, well, the things that have me worried about fallout 77 is they've said the only real kind of NPCs they're going to have are robots. So I feel like they're, they're really not going to have any kind of a, a meaningful story to it. They're not even trying to do a story. And the way it feels described is like, is it like a settlement versus settlement thing? Like, like honestly, the, the only kind of yeah, like thing like that jumps a, to one, mind is one like going to go and raid. Yeah, another like, another vault. You're gonna yeah. have your settlement, and you like send off guys or go attack other people's, and so it feels like almost like a mobile kind of clash of clans game to me. Like if you try to put these pieces together into what resembles a game in my head, all I can come up with is like clash of clans or some kind of like goofy mobile mm-hmm. thing like that, and that that really doesn't have me excited. Um, I hope it's not that. I hope it's better, <laughs> but like, yeah, that's all I'm coming up with. Right. No, I I agree with you. It's um you know of course it is it is extremely early and we we have um like a 45 second teaser trailer and and some mm-hmm. some explanations from you know from the game devs. Yeah. So our- yeah, it's it's um you know, the, the way it looks like it's going doesn't look pleasant. Right, but that's entirely like we've got ninety five percent speculation and two percent content at this point, mm-hmm. and I I don't know like like that's dangerous territory because if you let people say you know go ahead and set your own expectations, 
you are guaranteed <laughs> to disappoint a lot of people. So like, exactly. I, I wish exactly. they'd just come down and say, here's the kind of game we've got. Make your own opinions based on something that, that's actually going to show up as opposed to just sort of like, you know, Hey, you know, go nuts, you know, yeah. think whatever you want to think, make yourself a fantasy <clears throat> game and then buy ours and <laughs> see how that goes. Like, I don't yeah. know. It's I, I, you know, there's, there's a possibility that since Bethesda is doing both, um, Fallout 76 mm-hmm. and, you know, and the new, um, Elder Scrolls, that's something we haven't even talked about yet, which we can, yeah, mm-hmm. Elder Scrolls six. Uh, but since they're doing both of those and they wanted to get them both out on E3, I think they're lacking details and specifics on both of them. Okay. Because of that, because they haven't been working dedicatedly, you know, they haven't been dedicated to one project versus the other. Well, to segue into Elder Scrolls six, I think with that one, we have a much better idea of what to expect here, because basically, you know, this is going to be very much in their mold of Skyrim and kudos Mm -hmm. to them for resisting the urge to repackage Skyrim through for an 18th time. Um, but yeah, like, like uh, people love Skyrim, people keep playing Skyrim, people keep buying Skyrim. So they're, they're giving us Skyrim too, and more power to them. Like, I think that's, that's that kind of, I think Mm -hmm. that kind of stole the show this year, right? Like as far as games that people were legitimately psyched about and freaking out about, you know, when they were like, I think it's, I think it's one of the, the highest, you know, hyped, highest hyped games, you know, in, in, uh, you know, the recent years at least. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, um, that one I think is very much going to be like in the mold of Skyrim. I don't think they're going to mess around with that a whole lot. We're not going to see them try to like multiplayer that one up at all. It's going to be like, it's going to be Skyrim, just more of it and in a different place. I would, <laughs> I would like seeing a multiplayer aspect to it, like mm-hmm. maybe a co-op to it. That would be nice. Yeah. Like, you know, maybe get four people to do some quests instead of like, and not try to do all Elder Scrolls online with, you know, persistent worlds and make a straight up MMO right. out of it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, def- definitely. And I, I don't think they would go the MMO route with it just for the sole purpose that, you know, Elder Scrolls online is still growing and yeah. still releasing content. They actually so have yeah, that covered. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's all covered. Um, you know, the world of Skyrim, the world of Morrowind, all of that is included in you know, Elder Scrolls online. Yeah. So I don't think, I don't think they would, um, push that into Elder Scrolls six. Yes, definitely. I would. Um, yeah. Well, and so something, yeah. Oh, go, go for it. Go well, for it. I was going to say like how, like as you, I believe you've played, have you played Skyrim a lot? Hours upon hours upon okay. hours. I thought so. And you're, and I have like, actually not played a whole lot of it at all so like where's your hype meter on on elder scrolls 6 then like how excited are you for that if if it's like skyrim you know the the Mm -hmm. only thing i quote unquote need from a new elder scrolls would would be that co-op aspect you know having the ability to complete a story with a friend or with several friends or you know do all this because I really think the uh the NPC side not not the like the overworld NPC but the uh like the the friends the helpers that mm-hmm. you can get as NPCs was very lacking was very buggy yep and and overall just didn't help too much you know you still did a lot of the work yeah um 
you were taking the damage, you know, stuff like that. So having it spread out upon, you know, between players Mm -hmm. would be good. Like you can go this way. I can go this way. I can help you with this boss, you know, stuff like that. Maybe, maybe make bosses that are actually scaled to be, you know, dealt with as a team. Like, you know, yeah. As a team with a party, something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, because there's, there's definitely a potential for that. Oh yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm not the only person that's that's thinking this. I'm I'm sure of it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. So but yeah, my my hype is very high, you know, if they if they stick with the Skyrim feeling, you know, the the feeling, the experience that Skyrim had, mm-hmm. they're going to succeed with it. Yeah. Regardless. I think I think at this point their core mm-hmm. gameplay loop is so solid, like as long as they don't completely go into left field, they're going to do fine on this and Elder Scrolls 6 is going to be amazing. Absolutely. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Hundred percent agreed. Um, something I am looking forward to is from the good people over at Ubisoft. Okay, I sent you a link a few minutes ago. Okay, go ahead and take a look in in the uh, Skype chat. Okay, everybody knows I'm hyped up on Sea of Thieves right now. Yes, pirate game, slightly cartoony, uh, very fun with friends. Perfect, awesome. Ubisoft has kind of gone the next level with that. Mm-hmm. I think they're riding on the coattails of, of the, uh, the sea of thieves hype right now. And I think evolving from like Assassin's Creed, black flag, um, you know, having, having the, the, you know, having the pirate ship, being able to do, you know, uh, naval battles, stuff like that. Right. Was, uh, was something that people enjoyed. I, of course I, I enjoyed it because I'm, I'm a pirate in a past life. But um, clearly they are coming out with the game called Skull and Bones. Okay. It is a heavily realistic pirate game. This looks like a lot more gritty, realistic version of Sea of Thieves. Is that it, your yeah, take on it? D- oh, absolutely. And, you know, uh, once we finish, of course, um, I'll, I'll send you over to the, uh, the video. Mm-hmm. But, you know... Just like Sea of Thieves, it has, you know, ship customization and stuff like that. But this is on, it seems like this right now, how they're, you know, presenting it is on a a much more detailed level. You can, you know, customize your cannons and the cannons do different amounts of damage and stuff like that. Like, so like, Mm -hmm. like weapons, you know, so you can upgrade your weapons, you can upgrade, you know, the cannon power stuff like that. Well, I can see they're using like different types of cannon shot, like in this screenshot here, or this, well, I don't know if it's a screenshot at this point, but they're mm-hmm. using actual chain shots. So like, yeah, this mm-hmm. definitely seems like a lot more like uh, a lot less casual than sea of thieves is, um, which if you can call sea of thieves casual, you know, it, it is <laughs> like, you know, it is, it is overall a very casual game. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Small crews, um, you know, you could right right now at this point, you can have no more than four people on a ship. Mm-hmm. It's it's really kind like of that. an abstraction of a ship, more so. Like you're doing kind of piratey things, and I love the way you like trim sails and stuff like that. But it yeah. definitely doesn't feel like. Whereas this looks like okay, yeah. Like I don't know if all these like those are bot slaves that are manning cannons, but it's definitely <laughs> scaled to be more like an actual pirate ship. It's not like four right. cannons; it's like forty. So. Yeah. yeah, I was talking with somebody about this uh, earlier, and I was I was really saying I hope they don't go the route of, um, you know, of 
Assassin's Creed Black Flag where it's just like a click button to do something. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I really hope it's uh, you actually, you know, trim the sails. You actually get on a cannon and fire it. You know, it's it's not just hit X to fire. Yeah. You know, because if it does that, it's going to be a giant letdown because well, w- with Sea of Thieves and with all the hype and the experience that you get with Sea of Thieves, you know, at least with the people who've played it mm-hmm. going to, you know, this, this looks better, more realistically. I'm not saying Sea of Thieves looks bad. Yeah. But it's more realistic. It it's, more sur- yeah. it's more surreal, mm-hmm. you know, yep. uh, Skull and Bones is. And simplifying the the mechanics and the the ship controls will really let me personally down. Yeah. Well, um, based on what I'm seeing from some of these gameplay trailers, like it's got a third person perspective on the ship, so I think that you would mm-hmm. have the potential to actually get in a cannon and shoot something. But I feel like it's it's scaled to more than just four people. Like maybe you know you get yourself a guild of thirty instead of four, and that exactly. seems awesome. The art style also feels very much like uh, post-apocalyptic pirates. Like it's more Mad Max and a lot yeah. less, you know, uh, rare, <laughs> rare stuff than, um, than yeah, Sea of Thieves exactly. was. So yeah, like you know, you like based like some of these ships look a little bit messed up. Like you know, like they're uh, lo- a lot of bit messed up. These are up. like yeah, crazy definitely. Reaver pirates and not like yo ho ho animatronic pirates. So <laughs> no, no, exactly. No, I I completely agree with you there. Um, but yeah, it's like, you see some of these screenshots that they have right now, like the landscape is beautiful. Oh yeah. You know, all of, all of the ships are really intricate. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I, I want that to continue, you know, further to, you know, having people physically control the different things. And yeah, maybe, maybe I'm a little bit, um, you know, spoiled with, with sea of thieves right now and, and how you do that and how, how exciting it is to actually control the individual aspects of, of your ship. But yeah, my, my biggest kind of concern at this point would be what's the level of multiplayer. Like I'm not seeing that spelled out here. And if it is designed to be like, you know, bigger groups like (laughs) like you Mm -hmm. know like a battleground style thing except for like you know you start out with like maybe a bunch of crews on on several ships and you know something like that like or or designed to have basically more than four people on a ship i I could see that working really really well um i love the artwork from this thing i want to figure out what kind of game they're gonna cram into this so we'll see absolutely yeah i'm looking forward to see where it goes you know once we get closer to release Mm -hmm. um you know get those details of you know some of these questions we have yeah but yeah that's that's kind of the part of uh of e3 is just giving you a little taste of something and then um then later on going into detail right well just along the lines of like a little taste of things let me rapid fire some titles off to you and and get kind of your impressions whether you're interested or not or if it's on your radar or not Perfect. Um, like, okay, Doom Eternal. No. No, not interested, or no, you're not. I, I didn't not on your enjoy. Radar. I didn't enjoy the newest Doom. You didn't. Oh my god, the, I so enjoyed the newest Doom. I I love the concept. I love the art style. Everything like that. The controls for me, mm-hmm. it, the, like the the, uh, I don't know the the control layout, the control scheme, 
just wasn't me. Oh wow. Okay, cool. Cool. Understandable. For, um, so for whatever for whatever reason, I don't know. Okay. Well, thumbs down from you. I'll say thumbs up for me. At least I'm excited about it. I've got yeah. a, a one of my let's plays I did on Doom. So if you want to hear more of my thoughts, you can check that out. How about uh, Halo Slime Infinite? Dog and Topo. Yeah. Yeah. Let's play with Slime <laughs> Dog and Topo. Yeah. Check out the Doom episode. Shameless plug. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, Halo Infinite. Are you a Halo fan? I'm a huge Halo fan. I I didn't play Halo Five. Okay. For whatever whatever reason. Because no one did. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, I guess I had just fallen out of the loop. But with you know, um, what's his name? Master Chief. Yeah, Master Chief. There yep. we go. Mm-hmm. They're bringing it's him back. So long since I played uh, since I played Halo. But yeah, they're bringing Master Chief back. It seems. Which, oh my god, they seems. pretty much need to. Like at this point, four and five were obviously like slips. Like Reach was a really big high point, and four and five were I, missteps. I Reach. Um, and I feel like they're trying to kind of reclaim that with Infinite. Infinite feels like okay, we're going back to like everything people loved about Reach, and we're bringing back everything that people have been complaining about for years. Master yeah. Chief, basically. And exactly. It's it's I think they're trying to kind of go back to their roots on this one. So we'll see how they do. Right, right. It's like watching a, you know, a, a TV series mm-hmm. and, you know, a little more than halfway through they take out all of the characters. It's yeah. like okay, so it's like uh, you know, the Avengers movies. If they, you know, continued the Avengers movies without any of the original Avengers. Mhm. Which could happen. We'll see. <laughs> Which, of course, it could happen, definitely. Mm, but, um, but it's like putting new people in or, you know, replacing them with, you know, slightly lesser characters. Yeah. It's not going to be the same experience. You yeah. Know, you're not going to enjoy it as much because it's not the person or people that you've gotten to know, quote unquote. Right. Right. Time and time again in game franchises, if you try to swap out the main character with somebody else you're probably going to keep like piss off your fans. So like nobody, yep. nobody liked Raiden in Metal Gear Solid 2. Nobody liked <laughs> nope. Cousin Oliver in the Brady Bunch. And nobody liked whoever <laughs> the, the analog was to Master Chief in like four and five. I don't know. I didn't play five and four was like, I don't know Four was a bit of a letdown, honestly, but at least I had Master Chief yep. before. But yeah, I, I, you've got a mostly like grumbly, like cyborg guy with a machine gun. And you replace him with the same damn thing. Why did you replace him? Like he's exactly. If you're trying to do the same thing anyway, just let him be. Just okay? keep him. Yeah, yeah. Cause, yeah. Cause he's mysterious. Yeah. Hey, we never see his face. Mm-hmm. You really don't. Um, you know, so it's, it's a thing, you know, his, his relationship with Cortana mm-hmm. and, and all of that, it's like convoluted and more uncomfortable, but you know, Hey, ex- whatever. Okay. <laughs> exactly. But, but yeah, it's, it's like a TV series. It's it like a, a movie franchise, It is. you know? So, you know, break, give the people what they want. Yes. Let's just be, let's just yes. Be We're paying your bills. Just give us more of what we want. <laughs> exactly. Oh. Exactly. But yes, yes. I am excited for it. I'm a, a very huge Halo fan. I remember, uh, a couple years back mm-hmm. uh it was when i think i think it was when i was in college and i was home for a little bit maybe on a, a vacation over over winter break or something yeah um but uh, a buddy of mine from up there was house sitting here in town and he was like hey come over i'm house sitting for this week and a half you know just just come over we'll, we'll just hang out we ended up getting like two xboxes together eight mm-hmm. people original xboxes oh yeah and we played we played halo 2 land party ah yes 
like for days. Yes, Halo like, LAN parties are definitely a thing I'm familiar with, and yeah, that is <laughs> that is my favorite form of multiplayer right there. Like, I'm I'm really not a big fan of first person shooter, and the the Halo LAN party is the massive exception to that mm, because absolutely. you just get caffeinated out of your brain, you get yourself a scorpion tank, <laughs> and you just blow people up for ages. Yep. <sighs> yep. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Next game. Go okay. Battlefield Battlefield Five. Into that. Um. Yeah, I'm excited to see what what comes out of it. Okay. I played Battlefield 3 and 4 a lot, hours upon hours. Um, And then Battlefield Hardline came out, Mm -hmm. and Battlefield Hardline was like a flaming bag of dog crap. (laughs) Okay. Mm -hmm. The, The thing was, you know, when they launched it, they immediately started changing, like, team numbers on maps and, or, or, uh, uh, you know, soldier numbers for teams, you mm-hmm. know, so bigger teams. It turned out there were 200 people on a very medium sized map. Oh, wow. Okay. So every time you would spawn, you would get killed. Oh, so every time you coming. would spawn, you would get killed. That's lame. By something. Nobody wants because, to play that game. Because there were so many people mm-hmm. in a very small map. They just did a really bad job of managing. Well, um, I guess they wanted to keep it like busy, so people were like, "I don't want to be running for a half hour to find somebody." But then the the counterpoint to that is like, "I don't want to get spawn killed in two seconds every time I respawn either." So right, right, and the thing with that is it's it's really counterproductive because they have the whole cops and robbers aspect to to hardline. Mm-hmm. You know, the story is your cops. You're going up against you know drug lords. You know, yep. arms dealers, etc. And, you know, it's a very small operation. And then when you get to multiplayer, it's this huge operation. You have 100 cops and 100 robbers. Okay. Like, mm-hmm. how does that make any sense at all? It really doesn't. And I think, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I guess people, I don't think people are playing it or any of the Battlefield games for the story for that matter. Like, I don't think that's no, really. No, oh, definitely, definitely not. A major concern. But, but yeah, it was it was really counterproductive uh, just to do it, do it the way they did. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't play Battlefield 1. Okay. Um, just because I hadn't, I hadn't gotten it. I had kind of fallen out of uh, first person, first person shooters for a little while. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because I, I had been playing Elite Dangerous and then Sea of Thieves came out and everything, and so yeah. I kind of focused on those games. That makes sense. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm definitely gonna pick up Battlefield Five. Um, and at least give it a try. You know. Okay. So is Anthem something you're into? Anthem. I- haven't heard of it. Let me. Anthem is a very. It, it looks like a, a kind of a discover oh, okay. a, a Destiny esque um, type. Uh, first yeah, 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 thing. yeah. It looks. It looks very Destiny esque. Mm-hmm. It really does. Oh my! It's like it's like um, Destiny and Halo had a baby, which was basically oh. yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, Destiny is trying much. to be multiplayer Halo anyway, like MMO wise exactly. version of Halo. So yeah, this this looks like sort of along those lines. I, I feel like it's That's interesting. They're trying to kind of reclaim Destiny, like. Destiny 2 feels like a misstep to a lot of fans. And I think mm-hmm. this is like they're trying to jump in and scoop it up with Halo with Anthem to kind of <laughs> recover the the Destiny 1 synergy that they had or any kind of uh, momentum right. they had from that. So Yeah, definitely. Um yeah, that that's definitely something that interests me. Okay. Um I always love the sci-fi kind of, you know, storyteller game. Okay, yep. Can't can't argue okay. with that. Uh last up I've got Starlink. Are you looking forward to Starlink? I am. Because, I, I, right, Elite Dangerous, right? As soon as I thought, I was like, oh, Zach's probably all over this. There's just something about it. Mm-hmm. 
Well, it looks like um, it looks like Elite Dangerous if you kind of shoehorned a little bit of No Man's Sky in there, and I know that's like a sensitive thing for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it looks good to me. I think it could be a lot of fun. Yeah, it definitely looks like an interesting thing mm-hmm. because you know it it's it's like it's interesting, but it's almost a tiny bit disappointing because of the whole um like i don't know it's almost like um oh what's that game no the what's the the game that you had the little all the little characters and you um you know they they were ar oh uh ar um not ar you would hold them up to like the base of your controller and amiibos look yeah yeah like amiibos okay um They're, they're doing that kind of thing with it okay yeah, it looks interesting to me. Uh, it's definitely more of a Sea of Thieves style, though. Like it's 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 Seems not like it, super uh, advanced or sci-fi-ish or scaled back. And, mm-hmm. and the fact that they've got Star Fox as a playable character in it, I mean, clearly <laughs> this isn't high sci-fi. Um, no, <laughs> but yeah, I think it's they're trying to kind of capture the action. It looks like, and I'm I'm curious to see how it goes. Yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting, but yeah, it looks like they're using an amiibo style kind of thing with it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um so I mean, of course, you know, it could get pricey with the with the figures and stuff like that. So that that yeah. might be a little bit of a red flag for me. Well, amiibo you know, just because of um you know, yeah. paying paying more to experience the game fuller kind yeah. of thing. Well, amiibos have always been kind of Nintendo's answer to DLC in general. They're like, "Okay, mm. we're going to have DLC, but a, we're going to give you something physical to go along with it, uh, and B, there's the possibility that it might be used for more than just a single game. So that's something right. that you really don't have in DLC for other by other companies. It's not like if I buy an mm-hmm. expansion to, uh, you know, Assassin's Creed that it could unlock Hitman levels too. And I, I kind of like the I, I like how they do it, although it also has not been like um, they haven't really gone, you know, like whole hog like the expansion stuff you get in amiibo dlc is generally not comparable to like a, a whole season pass where it's like a 1.5 right. version of the game that unlocks so right no exactly definitely mm-hmm. but um you know i i hope they implement you know not needing all of the you know different amiibos mm-hmm. so i'm sure they won't be required like so far right. no nintendo game has ever required well, actually, that's not entirely true. But if it does require it, it comes with <laughs> one of them. Um, so yeah, right. it's it's you'll you'll have everything to play out of the box. But usually, it's just if you want more, you buy more. So yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. Um, that's one all last I got. game. Oh yeah, go ahead. What that, you got? That uh, actually two last games. One real quick game I want to talk about mm-hmm. was Call of Cthulhu. Ah, right. Of course. Yeah. So of course, everybody should know that I'm a, a giant Lovecraft fan. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, hell, look, look at our, uh, <laughs> our, uh, satanic panic game. Yes. But, um, but yeah, just having, having that, you know, that video game platform for something, you know, on the horror side of games, mm-hmm. you know, playing with that going insane aspect of, of Call of Cthulhu, you know, and, and these, having these amazing visuals of the, uh, you know, all the creatures and all the, all the horrors that, that come with Lovecraft. Yep. It's just, I think it's going to be an interesting game. Oh yeah. Um, I think most so too. definitely. Well, typically, and uh, so far, I think the issue is we've got uh, some 
isolated, amazing horror-based games. And we've had some Cthulhu games, but we've never seen, at least as far as I know, like, uh, you know, uh, them kind of put together. Like, Cthulhu itself, the franchise, the property, has never (laughs) been incredibly well implemented in a game yet. So hopefully they can pull it off, right? Definitely. And And I hope in the future they kind of expand the story and, you know, maybe... You know, something that would be interesting would be, you know, the same the same story, but from a different person's ex- perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, just because the 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 madness affects people different ways. There's a very psychological, you know, aspect behind all of this Cthulhu stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, I, it'd be interesting to see where it goes. You know, first off with just the the base game, um, you know, and then and then hopefully it evolves from there. Hopefully it doesn't just fizzle out from uh, from the single game. I will say that the horror genre seems to translate especially well to VR. I don't know if this is something that's mm-hmm. going to implement VR or not, but if it does, it could be amazing. Because so far the best Absolutely. kind of the most immersive VR experiences I've had have been the the spooky ones. Like if they try to make it scary it's probably going to scare you in VR. Like it's, Oh, absolutely. You know, it, it depends on immersion and, and that really kind of, it immer- it's immersive. So hopefully yeah. they go that route with it. We'll see. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. One last thing, uh, you know, on, on E3 and then we'll get on to our next topic. Okay. Um, sea of thieves, of course. Hey, sea of thieves. Um, they did release some teaser trailers for some upcoming content. Um, you know, I spoke, uh, last talk show mm-hmm. about um, the hungering deep, right? And Krakens the, uh, the, and raid bosses. Old, and, yeah, yeah. The the megalodon. Mm-hmm. Yep. I found out recently that they named her Megan. Oh, how cute! Meg Megan the megalodon. Megan the megalodon. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that has ended. Um, these these content things usually last about two weeks. Okay, this one might might have been about three. Um, this one, this one kind of, you know, ran on for a while, probably since it was the first, they wanted to give people an experience to test it out. Give them time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that has ended. Um, like I said before, they kept the, um, the items that, that you completed from, um, from doing the quest right in the, in the game. So the, the speaking trumpet and then the drum. Okay. Mm -hmm. The thing is. They're a, a very uh, simple version of them. Okay. So, like, the cosmetics on them are very, you know, they're kind of dingy. They're kind of, um, you know, like low, low tier. I see. Which, which is really interesting. And, and I think because, you know, the people that do actually do the content, they get something more out of it. So they have these custom... Um, these custom items from doing this. They get to keep the swanky ones. If they don't, you don't lose functionality if you haven't done the event, but you do get the, the nice cosmetic The cosmetic. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's, and, and, um, That's a good way to do it. Exactly. And I think the, the same goes for the, the masthead. You mm-hmm. know, I'd explained there that you get a masthead that looks like the Megalodon when you, when you defeat it. Right. Um, and I, I don't think that's available for people that didn't complete it. Yeah. Well, more than so, likely, if it's a timed event, they'll probably cycle it back in at some point in the future. So a few months down the road, if you missed it, they, yeah. if they're between events, they'll bring one of the old ones back to kind of, you know, bridge the gap. Exactly. Because a time like right now mm-hmm. when, um, you know, they don't have anything that they could, you know, reapply. Yeah. But um, like right now, the Hungering Deep just ended. Mm-hmm. Bring a pass, you know, bring a past 
you know, event in and, you know, give people a chance to either do it again or do it for the first time. Yes. You know, cause maybe when they bought the game, it wasn't available or, you know, it, it was over with, right. Or the event was over when they got the game. So yeah, that, that would be a good thing to implement. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sure they but, will. But, uh, but they teased the, the next couple, uh, major content updates. And what's got uh, you excited? Oh my gosh. So much. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one is called cursed sales. And the second one is called Forsaken Shores. Okay. So essentially, uh, they're going to be adding kind of this new, I'm not going to say it's a new world, but it's like a different place. An area, a zone, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like the, the seas are red. There are ghost pirate ships sailing around everywhere. Oh, Think cool. of like Pirates of the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. Um you know, just kind of like, so the ghost pirates are going to give you like, uh, like NPC environment enemies to fight. Right. I'm assuming so there's, there's no for sure, you know, specifics on it, but I would assume that other players aren't going to be ghost ships. Okay. Um, but yeah, it seems really, it seems really dark and really surreal and and it's, it's really, you know, a, a cool addition to the game, you know, just, not seeing the same place, not seeing, not going to the same islands, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they're, they're going to add a lot of, a lot of new things in these, these next content updates. Um, but yeah, the the biggest thing I'm excited for is, is the, the ghost ships and, uh, maybe, you know, after doing, you know, that content update, you know, whatever one that comes in, I think it's forsaken shores. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, being able to customize your ship as a ghost ship, um, kind of striking fear into. I'm, sh- other, I'm sure you'll get some sort players. of a masthead or some sort of a cosmetic, like you know, maybe ghostly maybe sails a, or something the like hull. that. Oh, yeah, there we go. Like yeah. tattered, tattered sails and like mm-hmm. the hull and stuff like that. That would be awesome. Um, yeah, definitely. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm definitely excited for that. Um, Very cool. Is there anything anything else? I don't think there was anything else to. Uh, That's to all talk I got about there. Yeah. Um, a game that recently came out, I think, called Vampire. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Why? Um, I'm I'm interested in that. It's it's really not an E3 thing. Yeah, um, it looks good though. Because it it came out on June 5th. Um, is that yeah, tied I'm to interested. the World of Darkness Vampire? I don't think so. Oh, okay. It might be. It definitely might be. They made an actual RPG based on World of Darkness that did really well back when it came out. I was like, mm-hmm. it's it's one of those kind of sleeper hits, like. Planescape's yeah, Torment, actually, <laughs> yeah. kind of along those lines. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Um, awesome. Yeah, let's let's uh, jump off of the E3 boat and uh, let's talk about our uh, our minor topic here for the last last few minutes here. Speaking of Planescape's Torment, yeah, we're, we're it's sort of a, um, uh, a, a a video game book club thing we did. Uh, Zach was yeah, like, exactly. "Hey, have you ever heard of Torment: Tides of Numeria?" And uh, I had it sitting on a, uh, a shelf, and I hadn't actually popped it in yet. And I said yes. So we were like, okay, well, let's let's give it a shot for a few hours, and mm-hmm. and kind of deliver our impressions. Yeah. So um, Torment Times of Numenera is, uh, you know, of course, Numenera is a Monty Cook game, uh, an R- uh, tabletop RPG. Okay. And um, and yeah, it's this huge world, the nine nine realms, nine worlds, something like that. Um, it's, it's a very interesting, very niche, 
you know, kind of setting, kind of worldview. Well, very, very deep, right? Like, I wouldn't be surprised oh, if it it's has, huge. you know, like novels and like just just scratching the, the core, surface the on the core game. Core rulebook. Mm-hmm. Have you seen the core rulebook? I have not. No. A physical copy of the core rulebook. Okay. Yeah. It's it's like an encyclopedia. Okay. It's, it's huge. It is giant because I'm I'm sure most of it is backstory. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, based on, um, you know how how in depth this setting is. But yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a really really interesting setting. I you know, am it's, I am eating it up. Yeah, it's kind of futuristic. There's there's also aspects of you know old world stuff. Um, you well, know, it's, it's it's kind of timeless, right? Like basically, right. you know, you've got sort of you've got RPG archetypes in it. You know, you can be a caster, or a rogue, or a uh, basically a, the, a jack or a glaive, which is the fighter mm. or uh, or the caster person. But basically, like it's all a billion years in the future, and everything that's futuristic has become so old that people don't know what to do with it. Um, <laughs> and the setting is incredible. There seems to be a ton of depth to it. I am really, really getting into the stories that this game has to tell. Um, mm-hmm. Just from like the character creation. Okay, what was your take on the character creation? What do you think? Yeah. Let's let's jump into that. Mm-hmm. That is, I think it's the most interesting thing I've experienced so far. Okay, you know, mm-hmm. so you know, a small a small explanation of of how character creation goes. You essentially wake up. Your character wakes up in this very strange, like floor tiles that are are polygons, and stuff is pulsating around you. It's it's very strange. It's almost like a dream. Yes, definitely. Um, and it, it, it jumps you straight in kind of with uh, almost like a text-based, um, you know, those old-school text-based RPGs. There is a ton of reading. Like, everywhere there's, you go, there's, there's a like, a ton of text. And if that scares you, then you're not going to have fun with this game. But if, <laughs> like, yeah, if you're looking for story over substance, then this is the place for you because... Oh my there's god! Tons of story and there's really, tons. really well written story. Like, mm-hmm. like the writing in this game is first class. And and basically, they ask you questions to get you um to to find out to build your character as you go. So it's kind of like Traveler. Like you know, they'll they'll say, mm-hmm. "How would you want to <laughs> respond to this? Like, how would you deal with this situation?" For instance, yeah. and and your answer like says, "Okay, well then." then you're more likely to be a fighter or you're more likely to be a thief. If you try to like, you know, evade or if you try to attack somebody or whatever, mm-hmm. um, it, it's, it's kind of similar. Like they, they it's the old, uh, not the old system, but it, it's, it's like the old system in the, uh, the original Ultima games, uh, where they kind yeah. of like got a feel for your virtues based on your responses to questions. And they told you kind of what you're probably going to be. And you still have the app, uh, the option to make manual adjustments afterwards. So don't feel shoehorned. Don't feel like you need to, to read a fact to make mm-hmm. the, guy that you want um because you can you can later you can give it a manual override if you want but if yeah. you don't it really does a great job of kind of like uh, building a character around you like you know yeah what? like how how you as you, you can do it how you, how you as a person would respond to mm-hmm. these situations that they give you kind of instead of trying to play somebody else you go at this game that you're playing as you like you don't have to overthink things. You don't have to try and, you know, forget metagaming. You don't, you don't have to do all that stuff. Like you can go at it how you normally think mm-hmm. and it, it might stream streamline it a little bit. You know, it might make these responses easier to make instead of, you know, 
in a tabletop RPG, you're playing somebody that, that, that doesn't think like you stuff like that. And, and you have to kind of think about it before you respond. Right. You right. know what I mean? Well, and it lets you actually customize kind of the whole game, like, like decide what kind of experience you want to take out of the game and angle yeah. towards that. So like, if you want to be a combat guy, you can totally, it gives you plenty of opportunities to do that. Oh, all, absolutely. All of my character decisions were based on what's going to get me more story, like more lore and more options to find mm-hmm. out more about this background and this crazy, crazy world they've got going on. So everything I picked was based around like, like reinforcing perception or, or like the, yeah. the, the, the lore skills so that I could, I could see the extra depth that goes into it. And if you don't take that, it's fine. You get the same, like you get like sort of the same base description when you start talking to people, it'll say, you know, like you get kind of like here's the baseline and then interspaced inside these descriptions it'll say it'll have little knockouts that have the name of a skill if you if you've got a skill that applies to that and it gives you more information based on that skill it's a really compelling way of making you feel like you're actually experiencing a world through the eyes of the particular guy that you made um, mm-hmm. It doesn't give you a completely different description. Like, in the, like the fallouts used to like, if you've got science, you're resp- it gives you more dialogue options that are are kind of almost right. almost kind of disjointedly like heavy in the tech. Um, but because they uh, the options in 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 uh, torment just feel a lot more uh, organic. I think like you know like uh, if you've got the the perception skill or or whatever, like you know it's uh, the, the, it just feels more like. Um, it's coming out of the same mind of the person who did sort of the generic skills mm. as well. Uh, but basically, right? Yeah. Uh, I on on my playthrough, I had gotten the um, the read thoughts, okay, or um, perceive thoughts, or whatever it was called. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like every once in a while, it would it would give me you know a little orange text pop up that said you know that showed what this person was thinking after their, you know, after they physically said something. Oh, that's so great. So it's, it's really cool. It, it gives you another depth of mm-hmm. this person might be hiding something uh, or this person isn't completely telling you the truth. I didn't take that. And I so want it now. Like <laughs> that is amazing. Yeah. I mean, uh, since you're not, since you're not super far make a new character go go for it again no you know definitely what? i'm actually happy with the guy i've got but this whole thing it does make me want to like this game does seem to be very suited to multiple playthroughs because like um mm. the different encounters you can have like they go so wildly like the first kind of ambush you had i talked my way out of um i did too and i did too you could tell like when you if you didn't that there's plenty of 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 depth to the combat like they've definitely set up like areas yeah. that you could use to kind of like hack and and control elements to help you in the fight um or you could just brute force your way through it but mm-hmm. uh, i like i don't know like i don't know i'm yeah, really into so, this game i was hoping not to get involved in another giant western rpg and here <laughs> i am like as soon as I get off this podcast, I'm probably going to go start playing again. So yeah, you're welcome. Uh, <laughs> Brilliant. But, but yeah, uh, let, let's kind of com- compare the, um, or, or let, let's talk about how the, the, the game mm-hmm. implements the role-playing side of things. Okay. I- um, let, let's talk first about, um, about like skill checks. And, and combat and stuff like that. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, so skill checks essentially are, I, I I'm assuming they're very similar to, to the, the tabletop RPG into where you have points in different, different skills. Technically you have like major skills, 
um, that allow you to, you know, spend points to, to better succeed. Yes. And um, I've never played the tabletop RPG, but I love this system for a video game. Um, mm-hmm. because basically like you, you spend, like you've got, you know, if you took, if you went heavy into strength or whatever, then you've mm-hmm. got that many points to spend and it's more than just a single encounter. And you can influence things that aren't just combat with that. So yeah, exactly. you can use those points to like do extra damage, or you can use them when you're uh, like checking out the environment to move a heavy boulder instead. Um, right. I love that like, concept. Like they're like they're at the beginning in um, in character creation with the bowl, mm-hmm. the, the big metallic bowl that's sitting in the middle of the floor. Yep. You know, you had to strength. You had to push the uh, push the bowl over you know, to, to get it under the dripping water. And those points don't come back automatically. So like, you know, it's like, (laughs) how much do I want to actually tip the bowl right up? Or, you know, like maybe further opportunities will come where I don't want to spend all my points on getting a slightly better deal for this hair clip at the merchant. Maybe I want to save some for actually saving my life down the road. (laughs) So yeah, exactly. It's, it's very, I think it did a really good job of, you know, making it feel like an art, like a, like a tabletop RPG. Definitely. Um, yeah. You know, with, with the skill management, you know, the, the skill point management and, uh, and the combat especially. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, ter- it's turn-based combat. It's, it's like you've got a miniatures map in front of you and, and you're moving tokens. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. you know, so it's, so it's like you, you move over, you have this amount of movement. Um, you know, you can, you can do a movement and an action in a turn, you know, and it, it does a really good job of, of making it feel like, like a tabletop game. Yes, definitely. Well, I feel like it's, it's definitely a video, a, a video game made by people who love tabletop RPGs. And it's also definitely a game where like, instead of having 50 graphic artists and one writer, you've got 50 writers and one artist. Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, he's a good artist. I mean, the art's fine. I'm he's not trying to knock good. the art here, but no, no, but yeah, it's, it's not, it's not a game like, you know, any of these games that you can think of right now for, you know, for the Xbox, the Xbox one X, yeah. you know, all of, all of these high, high graphic, you know, super, super high quality, you know, games. It's, it's a lot of, it's, it's breathtaking, but not in the same sense if you know what i'm if you know what i mean right narrative wise it's deep it is very deep like so, compared to a game like skyrim where I mean, i'm not trying to knock skyrim or anything but it's like okay well i lost this thing go get it for me this game yeah. it's like like you actually have to like to to wrap your head around some of these quests or stories or whatever i mean it really kind of challenges your your perspective you can mm-hmm. you can't sleep your way through this thing. Like you have to pay attention no. if you want to figure out exactly what's going on, and the game rewards you if you do. Um, it's ah, it's I a game know. where your decision actually matters. De- I definitely get that you impression. Know, yeah, like with, much more with than Mark's yeah. with Mark's argument of video RPGs. Um, you know, and you know, and having the very linear story, having four choices, and mm-hmm. it, it all ends up the same way. This is. You know, this is worlds different. It really is, Mark. If you're listening, you need to play this game. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, Mark. Mark. Because because it essentially is uh, Numenera. It's it's you know the game system Numenera mm-hmm. in in a very you know GMless you know single player experience. Yep. And I am you loving know, it you, and looking forward to playing more of it. Absolutely, I agree as well. Um, yeah. 
you know, th- looking at it and, you know, taking a step back after I've played it a little bit, it's definitely, you know, it's, it's definitely a time consuming game. Yeah. You know, it takes a while to, to, you know, to read all the choices and make your decisions on, you know, on how you want to approach a situation. Um, hell, just like a, a tabletop game, but, yeah. Well, um, and, and, and yeah, it's very interesting as someone who likes to really get into the meat of these things. Like I'm mm-hmm. not talking about necessarily just like platinum in games, but mainly it's more a matter of like how much, like, like I want to find out as much as I can about the story. And this game, I feel like the well is so deep. It's mm-hmm. really intimidating. Like I'm, I'm, I, I put three hours into it and I'm, I'm at like the first screen in the first town. Okay. Like (laughs) I am spending so much time just walking around talking to NPCs and trying to figure out what the heck's going on with these people. It's crazy. And I, I'm so looking forward to spending more time to actually, you know, get into it and, and really kind of get into the gameplay, but it's a fabulous game and an incredible sleeper hit. Like no one's talking about this game. Why not? Mm, No one, no one. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really interesting at the beginning. I'm going to try not to spoil it if people want to want to go but there's there's a lot of you know questioning who's the right person you know when you wake up in in that room you mm-hmm. cra- you crash through the ceiling you wake up in the room there are those two people and it's a constant battle of oh this person's going to lead you wrong no oh this person's going to lead you wrong so it's like who do I go with? (laughs) If both of them are, I'm sure they'll both lead you wrong at some point, but (laughs) at some point, yeah, definitely. But it's like, does one have, you know, more negative effects than positive effects? You know, it's, it's, it's a lot of, you know, it's a lot of brain games. It's a lot of thinking. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, that's really interesting. That's, that's more story side than, you know, than, you know, game side of things, but well, you, but yeah, you start very, off with two companions and, and not too far into it. You have to pick which of those two you want to keep. Which of these? Yeah, and it's exactly. a really hard decision. Like <laughs> you have to be like, like, okay, how, how do I want to handle this? And oh, it, it's really difficult because like each of them are kind mm-hmm. of, they both have their own agenda. They both are kind of pushing in a certain direction. And like, I really hope, I believe that I can go back and find the other person and kind of pursue their path as the story progresses. Um, right. at least I, I sincerely hope so, because I don't want to, I want to find out what happened to both of them. Like I, I I'm really <laughs> invested in this story. Yeah. It's, it's a great story. It's very, it's very detailed. It's very in depth. Mm-hmm. And, uh, before we started recording, we looked up the, uh, you know, the in-game time and the main story is about what? 32 hours, 20, 20, 27 hours. Yeah. It was like, I think 25 hours. If you just sort of rush the main story, the main story, I'm, I'm guessing that's not me because I'm three hours in and I'm still in the first screen of the first town, but <laughs> yeah. 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 I could see how like, like it, there does seem to be just a huge amount of content here. Um, absolutely. And yeah, I'm, I'm loving this game. Everybody should check it out. If you like, if you like tabletop RPGs and you like, playing video games but you know it's definitely it's got more of a focus on the story than any other rpg that i can think of off the top of my head like (laughs) absolutely and i've played a lot of them so and this isn't a traditional video rpg you know Mm -hmm. like like mark scoffs at yeah you know it's it's definitely it it is a video game adaptation of a tabletop game of a tabletop system yes you know a a system as a whole really and and be prepared to read i mean there's a lot of voiceover narration but like at the same time there is 
way more there's text. a lot more reading yeah absolutely than any other like you know than any other rpg i can think of recently like it's like zork level reading if you want to get back to like mm-hmm. an actual rpg it's, oh, it's more like a text adventure so yeah oh oh absolutely absolutely it's very text-based um you know like like steve said there is there is a little bit of of uh narration you know overall you know voice acting mm-hmm. yep but yeah it's it's like the beginning thoughts of a scene and then the rest of the scene is text-based. Right. Right. And so, yeah, I presume that's because of like, like media limitations, because honestly, oh, of course. I'm guessing if you were going to like actually voice over all of this, it would be, you know, thousands of hours or something, but exactly because, you know, each response you make makes them respond differently. Mm-hmm. So it's like you respond one way. They have to say one thing. Yeah. You know, they have to record a voice of one thing. You say a different thing. They have to record that different response, you know? So it's like, I understand. I completely understand why it's text-based and I'm, I'm not disappointed. You yeah. Know? It's, yeah. I don't, I don't need that. Um, you know, the, the narrative in my head is, is fine enough for me. Yeah. I really feel like this is going to be like one of the, the great kind of sleeper hits. Um, cause like no one, it's not getting nearly enough attention. And mm-hmm. uh, like, if you go look at reviews on it, everyone who loves it, who has played it has loved it. Like no one, yeah. <laughs> no one says anything bad about this game either. So oh, exactly. So exactly. Good. Awesome. But Steve, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Uh, I think we will wrap some things up. We had a a lot that we uh, we talked about today. We did indeed. But I will see you next time. See you next time. And that's it for this episode of Tabletop Radio Hour. Like always, you can find this episode on soundcloud.com slash tabletop radio hour and on iTunes. You can find us on Twitter at tabletopcast if you have any questions or comments. We also have an email address that is tabletopradiohour at yahoo.com. Our website, tabletopradiohour.wordpress.com. You can find information about our Patreon page on our website. I want to thank you all for listening, and keep rolling 20s.